When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Manchester Football Social. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast. And if you're not already, please do subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice little rating. On this show, we talked about Solskjaer's appointment. Dave lost his head a little bit about um, <laughs> Scott McTominay being the best player in the, the world. The legend that is <laughs> Scott uh, McTominay. Table that, that, was when, um, that was when Dave turned up. Just oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you're missing Dave from the first few minutes, don't worry. He turned up and and spoiled the uh, the positive mood from the City camp. Because we were talking about City being 15 games away from an unprecedented quadruple, as well as talking about transfers and which two players we'd like our clubs to sign. Manchester Football Social. Good evening and welcome to the Manchester Football Social. It is Friday, it is two minutes past six and we do all hope that you have enjoyed the beautiful Manchester sunshine. The best city in the world only gets better when the sunshine comes out. And I'm in a particularly lovely mood today because I am calling victory on the Manchester Football Social. I am joined this evening in the studio by the one and only Adam from Blue Moon Rising. Hello, Matt. And, really, no, there's no Joe and there's no Dave, because Adam and I have won. We have scared (laughs) the United fans off at last. We are, though, joined by Niall, who... Hello, hello, good evening, Niall. Gang, good evening. We were going to call you, like, the referee tonight, but, I mean, Adam and I always agree on stuff, so you you might have a fairly easy evening. Mike Dean of the Manchester Football Social, that's what I'm going with. I slagged... Dave off last week for not appearing. It's not his fault, as far as I'm aware tonight. He's, there's some issues with the trams, and yeah. he couldn't get it. But I'm agreeing with that. We won. We, we'll still be talking things Manchester United uh, later on in the show. We're going to be talking about Solskjaer permanent appointment at Manchester United. What that means for their club. What that means for City fans. What, what does everyone think about that? And you can give us a call and talk about that. Please do because. Uh, we're, we're a bit short of United fans, so if you're a United fan and you're listening, give us your opinion on Solskjaer later in the show. Give us a call on 0345 or send us a text on 87711. And then we're going to talk City again 
later on about transfers. There seems to be a lot coming out tonight from our very own Sam Lee, which is good news. But first, back to Premier League football. Oh, and you know, we've had two <laughs> weeks off now from Premier League football. And I didn't, I'm not really interna- into international football, as I've said on this show before. So I feel like I've had a two-week football holiday. <laughs> and now I am refreshed and I am ready to go between now and the 1st of June. And I am going to go, 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 because City have 15 games to win a quadruple. Adam, how does that sound? 15 games to win a quadruple. <laughs> Disgusting. Oh, no, Dave has arrived. You wouldn't believe he's just walked through the oh. door. The timing. <laughs> right at that very moment as well. Dave, we were just mocking you saying how um, Adam and I were claiming victory because you and Joe weren't here and then you've gone and turned up. Better late than never. Yeah, no, I was just talking to Ollie, wasn't I? Ollie going to Solskjaer having a chat about the, the victory of next season, the Premier League title, the Champions League title in the 20, sorry, 19-20 season. And right. Well, you hold, and beaten. Can we turn his mic on? Yeah. yeah. You hold fire on that. We're glad you're here. We'll talk United um, a little bit later on. But we are starting because it was just Adam and I here. Um, and also, you know, it's the big topic around football. 15 games for City to win a quadruple. Now, Adam, let's let's, let's get back to the happiness let's, that we were t- having. Let's temper things first. So we're, we've currently got 11 games left. It'll be 12 if we beat Brighton in the semi-final. 14 if we get past Spurs. And then 15 if we get to the final. Which is... That's the dream, 15 games. The the key thing is, City now have a full squad. And I never, ever dreamt we'd, we'd have that at this stage of the season. Going into April, full squad, only Delph and Bravo are out. And that is one hell of a position to be in. What One thing that I think we need to be a little bit realistic about, and sorry Nat, putting a bit of a... Putting the brakes on a little bit. Do we need the referee? Not yet. We might do. (laughs) Don't even need to be here. You're about to cancel everything. Cancel Christmas. (laughs) Niall was telling us before, um, Niall, give us the the teams that have been in this position. So we're thinking, wow, it's April next week and we're still in all four and the quad's still on. Yeah. This has happened, hasn't it? Yeah, it's happened before and not actually that long ago. Um, Just rewind to 2007. Chelsea actually made it till the 1st of May, I believe. Still in four competitions. And they lost in the semi-final of the Champions League on penalties to Liverpool. I think they faced each other loads uh, over that period, didn't was they, that, Chelsea? Was that Liverpool? the Garcia? That was the ghost goal. Yeah. yeah goal that so, never was. Uh, VAR, bring it back so, earlier. Yeah, Chelsea were, were denied a quadruple on that occasion. I think they only won two trophies in the end. And then uh, I'm sure Statman Dave will remember Man United made it to April the 19th in 2009. Great year. They were beaten in the Champions League final, of course, by Barcelona. Yeah, I think the best header I've ever seen uh, Messi score. Mm. Unbelievable. It's a shame, isn't it? Salmon. Better teams have, have got further. Well, that's the thing. And that United team is, is thought of as one of the great teams as well. That United so, team's better than how City have played this season. Well, give us till April the 20th. So we're right. still in you, can make it to the, you can make it to the 20th <laughs> then, fine. So do you think that United team, Dave, would have beaten the City team? You 100%. Think so? 100%. What, convincingly. City though? were better last year. I think that's, that's you know, City were a lot better last season. I mean, the midfield hasn't really turned up this year. I think that... The United back four then would have dealt with City's front three, and I think that's where City win games this season. Who were the United back four back then? Then you had Patrice Evra, Ferdinand, you would have Nemanja Vidic, and of either Raphael or a Wes Brown at fullback. Yeah, that's decent. It's a, it's a very good back four. You, you don't you don't seem uh, you don't seem like you're going to dispute that, Adam. To be no, right. no, I'm not disputing that. Vidic is decent. Vidic and Ferdinand were ridiculous. Yeah, they were a very good pair, and I think that's very the difference ridiculous. between. City right now yeah. and that United team I think that defence was just better I think we'd have taken on Wes Brown though we'd have taken yeah. him on yeah, yeah but Wes Brown West West the year that United won the Champions League in 07 he was probably one of the best fullbacks in world football weird um, 
think, <laughs> name a better this, one. This, this year in particular is the, the reason everyone's talking up this quadruple, City are odds on to win a treble, which is, is that stupid. <gasps> City are odds on to win but a domestic treble. not specifying which or domestic, domestic treble. And then something ridiculous like, is it three to one? That's something stupid just to win the, all four. And well, makers having a laugh this, there, aren't they? This is because the Champions League, as we've discussed before, is winnable. Like any of those teams still in it will probably fancy a, a good go at it now. And the FA Cup is very winnable. The league, for me, that's that's the the tipping point at the moment. I'm not saying we're going to win the other three, but the league is in such a, a little, just a really tough spot at the minute with Liverpool playing so well and not dropping points. City not dropping points. That's going to go to the wire for me. I, I said ages ago on this show in January, oh, we'll wrap it up in, in April. It'll be fine. It doesn't look like it. I mean, this weekend... It's nearly April. Let, let's, <laughs> well, if we if we get into this weekend, let's let's head into this weekend. City have got Fulham away tomorrow. We play before Liverpool. We've still got a game in hand against Cardiff in the week. Um, this is a really good chance. Liverpool have got a really hard fixture against Tottenham on Sunday. City go to Fulham, who are struggling. But what I will say is they looked handy against Liverpool at home. The thing is... Defensively, they are shocking. They're awful. So, United. Yeah, they awful. are terrible. And with a with a fit and fresh full squad, and there's a, there's a fair few players in that City squad who didn't travel for the for the international break. You got Aguero, De Bruyne, even Mendy coming back in, who none of which played. So. <laughs> I was watching the clips of Mendy against Arsenal during this season and how good he was with um was no Sterling wasn't it that day. He's yeah. been a massive miss for you guys. I think I think you win the league. If Mendy's there, I think that's the, well, the difference. I you, agree. Think, you think so, but we've never really seen him for an extended period of that's time game, to, yeah, you, to, to yeah. prove that sort of Has theory. Has he played 12 games or something? And, oh my league. God, isn't he, do you remember when he played like nine mm. games and he, and he won the league and he won the World Cup yeah. and he won like <laughs> something else? Is that getting on Pep's nerves though, Nat, do you reckon? The fact that Mendy yes. hasn't played much because obviously he would have brought him in and expected a lot and what we've seen from Mendy so far in a City shirt has been decent, like you can't deny. But he hasn't played enough. I mean, Pep doesn't like that, I, yeah. I presume. I don't know if you can get annoyed at someone for getting injuries. I mean, obviously, we don't know what's what's going on behind the scenes in terms of his injuries and his recovery and everything. Um, but I wouldn't imagine, you know, that Pep would 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 be letting him, you know, get away with not, you know, recovering properly. So no, I don't think it's fair to say that that would annoy Pep because the guy's been incredibly unfortunate with injuries. You know, he came back, he got injured again. Um, He's the Darren Anderton of Manchester City. Is it that or is it mismanagement? There's a lot of talk about mismanagement we haven't, himself. We haven't rushed... Oh, him himself? Yeah, him oh, himself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a well, big thing. Well, I heard that, that he turned was... up late for his surgery, for his oh, knee surgery. But, but he turned up a whole day from? late. And, and by all accounts, he he wants to play so much that he played... Was it the Newport game? Yeah, it was. It was one of the... Wait, no, was it the Burton game? He, he played in one of those games for about 15 minutes just to try himself. And I thought, what? He By all accounts, he, he really wanted to play. But... Let's look at Mendy this season. Nine games he's played, five assists. He's a top assister before and he got injured. Yeah, at the start David, of the season. To put that into context, David Silva has six assists. That's ben, what, That's the underperforming Bernardo side of Bernardo Silva has six assists. But other players in, in that list of players, who, he's got the same amount of assists as Hyungmin Son this season. He's one behind Madison, Rashford, Aguero. Those nine games, everyone was looking at City going, same team as last year. Just demolishing sides, but without him, we're we're missing that weapon down down the left, and with him potentially this weekend, uh, like you said, I, I think that is the the tipping point. It is, it's different. I think that, that Fulham aren't you know aren't the difficult team to beat, but it's the the lack of 
creativity in central midfield, similar to Liverpool. Liverpool are worse than you, you know, worse than City. They are. I think a lot today. They've got an assist every. 1,625 minutes from midfield. They've got four of the four of the goals out of the 70 goals they've scored in the league have been created from central midfield. We're talking Henderson, Milner, Wijnaldum, Fabinho, all those guys, Naby Keita in there. And City have a similar issue, I think, where the standards aren't as high as last season, but Mendy would be okay. You know, it would still sort that out. I think De Bruyne has been mismanaged. I think yeah. that's something that City need to look at as the medical what staff. What do you mean De Bruyne has been mismanaged? He's come back too he, soon. He rushed back The, the recur- yeah. recurrence of a knee injury. That's one injury you don't want to rush back. Yeah, I think that's a, it's, it's an interesting one where it could get bad. Like Samuel Mtiti, the, the French defender who won the World Cup now, is pretty much at a point where his career could be over. He's got like cartilage damage in his knee that's come from an ACL repair and all that stuff. And that's the same thing that De Bruyne could have. And that's the problem with knees, as Niall mentioned, is if you rush them back... You do it too, and it kind of felt like that with De Bruyne. The first one, yeah. I swear, he was back after like three weeks. Yeah, and that's almost like a crazy time for an ACL injury. And then, luckily, the the last one was just not serious, and we've had the international break to mm. kind of get him back. And he, I tell you what, he looks strong. If you've seen him in training, he, he looks. There was a game where he looked really sharp again. He yeah. looked like the De Bruyne of last year, but again, when, now he's out with another, another injury. And I think that's the the consequence of rushing someone back that's not fully prepared from an injury is other injuries, like other muscles, and. Yeah. Everything around so, that that knee will will start to go, and I think that's what we're seeing with De Bruyne. The other things are flaring up. It's a tough time as well to for Mendy and De Bruyne, especially, to get back into the flow of things where it's game, game, mm. game, game. There's no no again no disservice to Burton and Newport where we had those easier games. They they could have rotated them, back yeah. and whatever. But we we've got so many games coming up. Though. I've got I've got some uh, quadruple odds for you guys if you're oh, interested. No. So, City to win the Premier League, FA Cup and Champions League on top of the League Cup, which they've already won, of course, 5-1. to one. City on. to win Premier League and Champions League, 7-2. to two. And City to, win, City to win the Premier League and the FA Cup, 25-28. to 28. <laughs> Odds on to win the, Odds on the domestic, to win treble. Domestic, domestic treble. Why, nobody's backing any of those. Got to be, you've got to be stupid because you'd, you'd make more money by backing City to beat Tottenham, Juve and whoever else <laughs> in the final. So, makes, Yeah, I think the Champions League is an interesting one. The, the odds of all, you know, they've obviously changed a lot, um, you know, with the draws and that type of thing. I think Man United at one point were, were massively out and now they're 16 to 1. Um, you know, City are favourites, which is an interesting, like, I think the Champions League ha- has, a, has a weakness this season. I think mean, we mentioned this before yeah. that they're... There isn't a standout team. You're not like there's not a Real Madrid team, or there's not a dominant Barcelona team, or there's not a dominant Juve team. So it's you know it's a fascinating draw. Obviously, Ajax and Porto are the guys that are, that are far outsiders now. But Tottenham, what they did against Dortmund, if mm-hmm. they could take that similar approach to City. City have problems with teams that yeah. sit in that shape, I just, that sit deep, five at the back, four in midfield, one up top is going to be an issue yeah. for Guardiola, and that could be a problem. Going going back to that the Fulham game tomorrow. What well? How bad are they defensively, Dave? Like, they're, they're, they are rotten. They're they're both their fullbacks are bad, and I think that's where City are good this yeah. season. Been Sterling, been mm. Sane when he's played have been really really good. So fullbacks, centre halves, they've played so many different systems. They've had three managers. It's you know it's a big mess. Well, let's put a, a United spin on that just quickly. Timothy Fosu-Mensah on loan at Fulham, and from what I've seen of him, he's been shocking. And that's not me trying to dig the lad out, but is this going to be a learning curve for him? Or is it going to be a, a bit of an experience in terms of, right, okay, is it down to earth, grounding? I mean, what sort of a lesson will it be for him? Well, I think it's, it's an interesting one because you go into a club and you think Fulham, from what they played last season, progressive style, they were good, on the, they played good football. Then Jovanovic gets sacked. Then you, you've got this mess of 
Mm. the managers and that must be difficult as a player on loan because I think you, you join a club thinking oh, I'm going to work for this manager I'm going to play for this manager and now you're in a situation where you're there and you've got to get into a new manager's good books and I think it will be a good learning curve for his, his work rate and for him to evolve as, as a man maybe you know go from that sort of boy that left United at the start of the, the season to an actual professional that's dealing with harder issues in the game so I think it'll be a good point for him to be honest a, a point that we brought up last I think it was like in last week's show was all of City's games now have a lot riding on him for the other team. And I think that that's quite unusual. That Fulham are adrift, though. Fulham are in a mess. They're, they're lost they're seven in a row. Adrift. Cardiff on Wednesday are in a mess. That's going to be a big so one. Those two games, mm. they're, they're not like it. At the start of the season, if you said we've got Fulham away and Cardiff at home, you're going, right, you really got to be taking six points. Goals, goals, goals. But no. Liverpool have obviously got a big game this weekend. Oh, yeah. So, it, it, you know, you can't be slipping up against the side like Fulham. I know yeah. they're, they're poor and, and mm. they're pretty much down, but I mean, if, if you're going to win the league, you, you yeah, have you to, to take be... advantage of the fact that Liverpool are playing against a, a strong opposition. Yeah. Uh, but, well, I, I don't fancy Liverpool on Sunday. So Liverpool but, playing Tottenham, in case yeah. anyone didn't know, it's mm. Sunday at half past four, I Late think. Kick-off. I, I had this down the other week as the game for Liverpool where I think of all of them I know they've got Chelsea at home. I think this Tottenham game could be could be uh, an issue. So hopefully we beat Fulham tomorrow because yeah, we agree with you now. But at the same time, what we're trying to do is just not be not be cocky about it because <laughs> at this point, at this stage in the season, you really have to take every game as it comes, mm. um, as corny as that sounds. But then Liverpool play Sunday and then we play Wednesday against Cardiff, which is the rearranged one because of the semi-final. Mm. So at that point, if we win both those games and they do drop points against Tottenham, you st- what do you think about the, you know, the, the bit of a gap there? It totally shifts. It'll be a four-point swing, I think. If we win tomorrow and they don't win on Sunday... We go into that game in hand and we can really put mm. some distance. And I think now one point will be enough distance. But if we can shift that to three, four points with with so few games and their, their running's no better than ours. I know that we've got that really tricky period with Spurs, United, Burnley, Palace. I think that four points... It's, is, it's a big gap for the, the, the quality of both a, sides. A really big... That's the thing, because at the minute... One point for both sides. They're Seems both massive. Gonna keep, mm. Yeah, and the, but they're both going to keep at it because it's one slip. Yeah. If it becomes more than one game, that's, for me, you, you've got a bit of comfort. <laughs> In a way, you've got to maybe thank the um, the Iceland manager and I think the Scottish manager who both, Martin Patterson for QPR, have got injured. I think Gunnarsson in midfield played tw- uh, 93 minutes and then played on a hard pitch as well. And then you look at Sol Bamba who got injured just before. So he's, you know, their centre-half. I Best think they're well. one of their top scorers uh, from set pieces of threat. Good defender. He's out as well. They're on, I think they're on minus 30 goal difference at the moment. So it, it, it kind of feels like Fulham should be goals galore. And same with Cardiff City. Like City should score a lot of goals, which will be good for confidence. I th- I rolling think, in a bit further to, you know, the rest of the... I think tomorrow will be very like that Huddersfield away game where the first yeah, half, do. they don't want to play football because... They're thinking damage limitation and dam- and then thinking if we, like Newcastle did, mm. if they can get that break and go ahead. And City have been slow in, in the first half this season. Most of our goals have been in the second half, so it, um, it, Mitrovic worries me a little bit. Yeah, I th- Fulham. With, with Fulham, I watched the game against Chelsea and so obviously Scott Parker's come in as manager and they look a bit better on the break. That's all I'd say. And yeah. they don't like look great, that- but they, they look like they can create things and they look yeah. and counter a bit better now. It's, so it's, it's obviously an issue. If, if we get the first goal tomorrow, then... Should be okay. Just turn the turn the TV off. Do you yeah, think yeah. it'd be floodgates in that case, mm. like it was against Huddersfield? Second half, three 0 Pep yeah. gives them a rocket at half time. Probably. 
It's, it's looked like that for many games this season. Even the Watford game at home and the West Ham game at home, mm. it was rocket. And then second half, it's it just gets messy. But who knows? Lino. Yeah, I'll take one nil right now though. If you <laughs> yeah. if you if you offer it to <laughs> yeah, me, yeah, um, so do get in touch with us uh, again. You can give us a ring oh three four five triple one seven six two five or text us eight double seven double one. We want to know uh, what two players do you want City or United? You know whatever whatever your preference may be, to sign in the summer. Adam's already got his. I'm totally stuck on mine. I'm still thinking about it. I'm still taking suggestions. But do get in touch and let us know. And when we're back in a minute, we are going to let Dave run riot for a few minutes and talk about Oli. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester Football Social. Good evening and welcome back to the Manchester Football Social. I'm Adam tonight on the blue side. I'm joined by Nat. Hi Nat, thanks for thanks for being Hello. here. Hello. Um, we've got Niall in as oh, a referee. Am I on the purple Ooh. side? I'm, um, I'm a blend yeah, of blue and red tonight. Niall's floating in between <laughs> and stirring the pot. And <laughs> Statman Dave mm. walked in when we were trying to talk positively about City, but it's a pleasure to have you back. Yeah, here. sorry guys, ruined the atmosphere, didn't it really? <laughs> no, it's fine. Later in the show, we're going to be talking transfers. There's plenty of rumours on both sides of Manchester today. We want you guys to get in touch with two players you want to see your club sign, City or United, whichever you prefer. Um, and you can tweet them at us at, at MCR Footy Social. You can text them at 87711 or give us a call on 0345 But first, Dave, now we've got you, I want to pick your brains about Solskjaer's appointment. Mm. So, a weird one really because... From the city half of Manchester, like it's one of those where no one really cares because there's <laughs> jealousy. No, that sounds there's, like there's that. It's one of those. There's no animosity. No one really. You know what? You know what? You I want mean. one of your own coming back is, to manage the club at is, the top level. Is this the right time to be appointing Solskjaer? And why? I'll, I'm asking that question because Joe McGraw last night said. Uh, Joe McGraw, who's absent tonight. Sorry, guys. The biggest fool um, in Manchester. The biggest fool in Manchester. Can't defend himself. He can't. He can't. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Uh, he said last night, this is the wrong time and the end of season will be the right time. So will you give us give us a bit of the flip side to that? No, I think that's it's, it's a very valid point, I think, in terms of where United would be there, could be a better position to appoint a manager, be it Solskjaer, be it someone else. The other issue is obviously players, you know, the signings. It's been a big thing in the press conference with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, guys. They want to start working on that now. And that's a fair point because they want to be in a better position to the summer than going into it and being like, oh, we've got to buy, you know, we've got to spend all this money, we've got to track all this talent then and doing that that business now. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wants to make the signings before the pre-season tour of Australia, which is July. So it means that Manchester is going out to Australia this season. It means that Manchester United will have that business done. I kind of understand that. Of course, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been fantastic. You know, take the Premier League table since he took over. One point clear of Liverpool, one point, one point ahead of Liverpool if you break the table down there. Game in hand as well, so it could be four points clear. But also the away wins, the nine consecutive wins. Ferguson only managed seven away wins in a row, twice. So that is a Man United record. So I think there's things that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has done that, that have merited the job. I think it's a weird one because on the back of all those stats, and I know you live and die by doesn't stats, matter, does it? Brilliant. Um, on the back of all of them, it makes a lot of sense. To, to be bringing in a new manager at this point who's done so well and quite obviously all the players love him which is wonderful for all you lot mm. just enjoy oh, great time isn't it for me it makes absolutely no sense you've got the the Champions League I I would you would have been in the FA Cup if you hadn't phoned that in against Wolves phoned in um, let me tell you <laughs> uh, you've got you've got the what Champions League quarter final against Barcelona which is the toughest tie you could have got 
And fourth place is by no means guaranteed for United now. If United finish fifth this season and don't get to a Champions League final or win it, you're then in a really tricky situation where, A, the pulling power to get players, and I know that you'll base this on prestige, oh, United, it doesn't matter. Mm, most if, successful club in English it football. It doesn't matter because if, they're not, if these <laughs> top players aren't guaranteed Champions League football, they don't care. And okay. therefore, this summer planning that he may already be doing might already be bust by them. So, did you just say that United's players don't care if they don't get Champions League? No, the opposite. Quite, quite the opposite. The players say. that United yeah. want... Who wants the, to come and play in the Europa League? Yeah, the players that United might be planning to sign now, if United don't finish fourth, are they really going to want to if there's other teams sniffing around? And who's going to stay at United if you don't end up finishing in the Champions League? You know, only could be like well, half a team, but not exactly a name that's going to draw players in, into him. You want to come and you know play under him in the Europa League, you're going to struggle. But then you've got the likes of Scott McTominay. Jimmy Garner coming through in central midfield, Gomez, Greenwood, all the guys coming from the academy. When did he start liking McTominay again? Oh, I've always liked Scott Paris. McTominay. He's a very good footballer. Your fan base hasn't, though. I think people have, game for have Scotland just decided... Because uh, he didn't play, <laughs> unfortunately. So that's one of the things there. If Scott McTominay played for that Scotland team, they would have beaten Kazakhstan 5-3. It would have been perfect. <laughs> would have lost two. No, but, but your question, your, your point about the prestige of Manchester United, that is a big thing. Like You can't beat around the bush that that's not a big thing. You don't well, join can... a club to play in last year's Champions League. Like... Yeah, but, but, but then this is the other <laughs> angle of it here is, do you want that player that is only signing for your football club because you've got Champions League football? Or do you want that player that's committed to the course? Because I think that's an interesting thing that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, yeah. one of his quotes, he wants to have the fittest team in the league that plays the, you know, the, on the break that's Does fast. Does he mean good looking or strong? Strong, powerful. Right, sorry. Cool. Um, and I think that's an important thing there, that the, the, the player that you're looking for they need to be in, into this. They need to be bought into this. This may sound like a stupid question, but you say committed to the cause. But but what is the Manchester United? That's not a stupid question. It's a great question. Because because to be perfectly honest, in my opinion, I think they're quite far behind Manchester City, and there there are a few world class players behind Manchester City. But then that's this is the the whole thing at the moment. How do you get a world class player? Money. So you spend money, right? Or you make money. You, you, you spend money, money right? Hold on, hold on. So you spend money and you sign a world class player, right? Then yeah. what do you do? You get them to play for you and don't... Right, so you've just up. said we need three world-class players, but we've bought one. Have you? That's, that's what we can do, right? In this financial market, right? You've got like 100 million, you can get one player. Manchester United have enough. plenty of money. If you but at the same out. time, your approach in, in the world of football at the moment needs to be better. The integration of youth is going to be where teams start to dominate. It's going to be nothing to do with signing players anymore because players don't. Chelsea don't need to sell Hazard. Well, that's to, what United to used to do years ago, and but, that's what Sir Alex what, was so good this at. This is my whole point about where United are going and the, the talented young players they have and how they should be integrating them in, as well as bringing these guys in from abroad. Like the focus of where United are going with getting them a director of football should be about that promotion of where these players fit into the, the first team, how they evolve in there, and how that all comes together with signings. And that's where the collective approach of Manchester United, getting Solskjaer early, could be there. And I think that's an important thing for United going forward, is getting these guys, like Chong is an unbelievable talent his age. Angel Gomez won the World Cup at 17. Mason Greenwood is breaking goal score records for fun. Axel Tuinzebe's had a fine season at Aston Villa. Why not bring that guy back? Give him a run in the first Stop team. Stop deflecting from the original question, Dave. How, how many... 
So this is my if, strategy if and gonna, my ethos on football. It's how you build a football yeah, club. I, City aren't going to do that. City will uh, find uh, the point my, where my they question. can't spend money to do anything, and they've not bring they've not brought any players through the academy. Their academies fall into disarray like Chelsea. We've seen with Jadon Sancho. We're going to see it with Phil Foden, mm-hmm. and yeah. this is what I'm saying. Man United need to position themselves. Dave's on the Can we go? So the, the second half of my point was about me personally thinking United are a couple of world class players behind Manchester City, of which you've obviously so, came so, out and so, defended your corner there. But the first yeah. part of the question was, what is Manchester? United's course like they surely have to be aiming to, to be winning but silverware winning all, leagues it's always that it's all, there's no the course hasn't changed so the, to win the Premier League is, to win the, the Champions League this season is. is to finish top four after the poor start but then the that's because you have to uh, you have to you can't say that at the start of the season United weren't looking to win the league right I think I, I, I don't at the think. start of the season United were looking to win the league right with Mourinho the manager yeah. that he is the finance that he had the, the backing he, he that he came got. out in the summer and said there was no chance of it happening because he said he felt... He but then he's, he's deflect. that's classic Mourinho siege mentality, deflecting things and trying to build that the ethos of everyone's against us and it's not happening there. It doesn't change. Man United are always looking for silverware. That's the club. That's the history of the club and that's something that you can bring in for Man United as a team. Dave, did one person in the world when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer signed a full-time contract cheer? Cheer? What'd you be? Of course we did. Did anyone go, yes, he signed a full-time contract. We can't believe it. Yeah, it's no, nobody Solskjaer. did. Everyone it's... went, all right, yeah, all right. Yeah. But as a United fan, that's amazing. <laughs> to have a player that scored in the 99 Champions League final to win us it in, in added extra time of a, of a game is incredible. To have that guy become your manager is an incredible feeling. Obviously, you what? guys haven't won no, the European what? Cup, so you can't go down what? that journey. Don't stop deflecting. What? So my first question before we went down this mad rabbit hole <laughs> was, what happens... So this is all about the right timing. Currently, Solskjaer's still riding this ridiculous wave of, uh, like, he's changed the culture, and I get all that. He's he's making United play decent football again. I get all that. If, by the end, so and going back to your point, everyone, all the United fans love him. If you get to the end of the season, don't finish top four. Don't get to a Champions League final or, God forbid, win it. What, happened? Jeez. What, what happens then? Because then it's not been a successful end of the season and you're rebuilding, not being in the Champions League and then you are in a bit of a struggle. Whereas if they hadn't have signed uh, Solskjaer until the end of the season, then the board could have gone, well, actually, maybe we're going to need uh, a Pochettino. But then, then you, you, deal with, you, you deal with what is ahead of you. You, you can't say ifs and maybes and buts of, of this thing True. and that thing because if Man United don't get into the Champions League then they should follow the youth approach that I was talking about before. Manchester United have players that are getting to the right end of their career in Romelu Lukaku, Paul Pogba, David De Gea. You're thinking Victor Lindelof is... In the improvement of that man has been incredible. Yeah. And that has come with himself. That has come work with, you know, on the training ground. The, the big thing that I was looking at today is last season he had problems with crosses. Last season he had problems with long balls. He won 48% of his aerial duels. So less than half, you know, if the ball gets chucked to him two times, one time he's losing that. This season he's jumped that up to 63%. That is in a massive improvement for a player. Maybe and that was his only taller. weakness of his game. And and now with Ollie, with the confidence that Ollie's giving him at the, with the ball at his feet, like the improvement there for Victor Lindelof could be taken with an Axel two and Zabi. And then you bring in and you solve that problem. To be fair, and I think that's the creativity that if Manchester United were to finish fifth and not to win the Champions League, is what the club would need to do, is be creative in what they're doing. Then what is the aim for next season? To win well, the league? But then the goalpost would change again, is what you were saying. Yeah. But it would still be that we are building a squad, and Manchester yeah. United are building a squad to challenge for the title. It's felt I think like that's that though thing. for five or six years. Oh, 100 percent. But then the the whole club, um, you know, thinking together hasn't maybe not been in check. Going from a possession based manager to a counter attacking manager, or let's say counter to possession to counter, 
Mourinho, David Moyes, LVG, yeah. Mourinho, to now how Man United play football, where they break on some teams. You know, they they beat Arsenal, Chelsea, and Spurs for the first time since 1985 away from home. That's because of the style, and I think that's something that happens. That I don't think you can. You know, we're not frozen in this thing where this is the model and this is how we go. We, you know, the adaptability True. is the key mm. to it. So. I, admittedly, I was fishing with you, and, oh, and yes, so, as I do. Really? But this is this is a, a semi-serious que- <laughs> serious question. In terms, are you of, sure you're drawing me back yes, into? No, I'm me not. A this question. is a general question. I would genuinely like an answer from you with your in-depth knowledge. Yeah. In terms of Ollie, his managerial experience up until this point, with the greatest respect, um, hasn't been a huge success. Um, it, which is a fair, uh, fairish comment. Uh, it's in not term- been the, the same I mean, level, has yes, it? Yes, I mean, in terms of the managerial people that you would be expecting to go to United, but obviously he has that history with you. But now, since he has joined you, how do you rate him in terms of his... Because because with the greatest respect, again, some a part of your results that you got um, since he's come has been due to the fact that the players hated Mourinho so much that they stepped up when Mourinho left. And again, I'm not fishing... <laughs> In so, your personal opinion, so, then, Matt. Um, <laughs> how is he doing um, in his tactics, in his training, in his motivation, in his planning for the future? In terms of him as a manager since he's arrived, how are you rating him? Well, well the big thing is, you know, where he's been. He's been at Molde in, in, in Norway. They won the league for the first time in countless amount of years. It's the Norwegian league, stop it. But you're, you're within your own micro-ecosystem. There were two very good Norwegian teams there, you're Rosenberg. You're not putting in a manager that's, that's got a, a Norwegian but, but team you're, won you're, the league in, the, if the he's question, not got the history question was, The question was more, what's his experience? His experience is the no, term... that wasn't the question. Yeah, the I'm question gonna, was, what's he done since... I'll how... stand up for David because I think the, I people, could... the people that come in and say that... Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't have the prestige to manage Manchester United or he's not experienced enough as a manager. That's absolute garbage, no, in my not. opinion. It no, is, because not. Pep Guardiola, your very own Pep Guardiola, started at Barcelona. He also a club, the same, a, club, a club he played it's for. It's the same thing same that we history. History. Yeah, it's history. history. Exactly. Without, without the history, you wouldn't be having him as your manager. I, I get that. What Nat's saying is, if United were looking for a manager, if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had no connection to United, he's not going. They're not going anywhere near him. But we're just going, but, but then we're going down this like if we're getting to the Champions League, then we do this and that. It's, no, so that. So but, my question is: So how actually is he? Take away the history, yeah, no, take no, away no, everything. He's your manager right now. How has he been but, tactically? Like, but what we've said before, we've mentioned that we, look, one, he's top of the Premier League since he took over. That's a fact. And how much of that is because of him? This is what I want to know, and not because the but players hated Mourinho so much. This is much. The, the best thing about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer isn't the fact that it's him; it's his team. Mm. When when he was asked in the press conference yeah. yesterday about you know how well are you doing as a manager? No, no, we're doing well as a manager because it's Mickey Field and it's Carrick, it's McKenna, um, it, there's an Argentinian fella in the background as well that are doing it together. What Ferguson did oh, is he had... Check. Give the Argentinian fella. I, I, I can't remember his name. Emilio <laughs> something. I'll get his name after the break and we'll give him a shout out. But the, the thing there is that he's delegating. The whole thing against Tottenham, move, moving the ball down one side, counter-attacking, switching it. The goal that they scored, Pogba, nick it, switch it, goal. That was worked on in Dubai by Kieran McKenna. Kieran McKenna did that. You're thinking that Mickey Phelan's probably done a lot of good things on the touchline. He's the guy that's constantly there. And that's the best thing about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is he's empowering the people around him to do their job. And that is the difference between what we saw before with David Moyes, who sacked Mickey Phelan, um, got rid of um, Rennie Mullenstein, and you've got Mourinho that came in, Louis van Gaal brought his own staff. That's part of it. That is part of why it works so well is that empowerment. Yes, see, I like that. Good answer. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, Also... I think the difference is 
even if Jose had stayed and Manchester United do finish in fifth or sixth, like they might do this season, we still don't know. I just think that the style and the feeling around the club is what we've talked about loads. But I mean, I think Manchester United fans would be a lot happier now watching that style of football than they would have done under Jose. I mean, you've seen that. I mean, people actually decided to start coming and watching Manchester United again because there was a lot of people that said, no, we're shelving it for the time being because we don't like the way the team plays. Yeah, but at the same time, you've got to support United. You know, you've had so much success in the Premier League. If, if your team don't play well for a season, you disappear, then, you know, you've, you've got to be more than that as a football fan. You have to support United through thick and thin. And that is one of the biggest things. Be it Derby in the League Cup when we're getting knocked out on penalties, you have to be in the strip for then. You have to be supporting the guys. That's it. You can't be, you know, you can't be fair weather in and out. Man United is such an establishment and such a big institution that now, say, you know, the fans are back and the fans are happy. And I think with Mourinho, it, it soured massively, be it the board, be it whatever. Mourinho's a results guy, mm. wasn't getting the results. So what do you do? Sack him. What do you- Bring him <laughs> Sack him. Um, right, thank you, Dave. Thanks for that. I feel like we need to give you a second to just take your breath in because you took, um, <laughs> fine, you took you know? a few hits there from us. It did we feel were- a bit mean at one point. Yeah, it did. Poor oh, Dave. Poor <laughs> Dave. Right, when we come back now, after Dave has, uh, has, has caught his breath and we've reeled our lines back in again, we're going to be looking at some transfer rumours that have come about lately and also we're going to be looking at uh, the two players that we'd each like to sign for our clubs. We're also going to get our uh, excess's own fan zone, Danny, on the phone who's going to be telling us about one of the incredible tributes that the club is making to Bernard Halford. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester Football Social. Good evening and welcome back to the Manchester Football Social. I'm Adam and tonight I'm joined by Niall, hey. um, who some of you might recognise. Uh, Dave, <laughs> has, uh, Dave has arrived, Dave's in the building, yep. and obviously joined by Nat. Later on in the show we're going to be talking transfers. Uh, we've already asked you to send in your two players that you'd like to sign for City or for United. There's some good so, ones. So There's yeah, so ones. get them in. Call us on 0345 1215. Text us on 87711 or tweet us at MCR Footy Social. But first, Nat, I know you've got something to talk to us about. Yeah, so as City fans will know, sadly this week, Bernard Halford passed away, who was um, City's former club secretary and life president. Um, the club have announced today that they're going to be naming the Academy Auditorium after him. So it will be known from now on as the Bernard Halford Auditorium. And the club have said in a statement, and that is so the very youngest of our City family will come to know him and what he gave to the club, particularly in youth development during his 47 years with us. Um, Alongside that, we do have on the phone our very own fan zone, Danny. Uh, Danny, good evening. Evening, Nat. Hi, tell us Tell us what you've been up to this week. Uh, not a lot. Just um, usual, usual. But obviously, I you know regarding regarding Burnley, like like we both know that we see him. I we saw him um, pretty much every match day. Uh, he was always kind of milling around the club. And um, what a guy! You know, uh, people call him Mister Mister Manchester City. I don't I don't doubt um, that he was. You know, this was a man who just completely and utterly bled blue. He, he lived and breathed everything from the club. Like you say, forty years as as the secretary, and then went on to be. Life president, uh, I think he's the only um, non-footballer or non-ex-player to be in the uh, the Hall of Fame, the City Hall of Fame. Um, this guy's a legend, a complete legend. So I just, I, I was uh, the, the Debbie on Twitter, a lady called Debbie who uh, used to be used to be one of the uh, uh, staff at City, and, and like me, she she had a lot a lot of time for Bernard and came up with the idea of trying to get um, black and red. Uh, kind of wear from City fans at Fulham tomorrow uh, and they are amazing club as they are got on the back of it as well because uh, a lot of the fans were trying to 
sort of scrimp and scrape for something black and white red to wear so they've, they've solved all the problems and, and there's going to be 1400 black and red scarves uh, given out to City fans like this, actually on the seats tomorrow at, at Craven Cottage so we can uh, we can really pay our, our respects to, a, to an amazing guy and we owe a little thank you to Fulham as well don't we I believe that they, they, they yeah. are helping yeah, they're, they're, they're obviously City have got in touch. Um, I think they've, they've got the scarves to them, uh, and Fulham are gonna are gonna make sure they're on the seats for for the City fans. And um, it's just awesome, anyhow. You know, think things like this. Clubs come together. There's a lot of people behind the scenes at Fulham that are former City. Um, so so obviously the the communication was was strong, and they were more than willing to help. And it just shows you, doesn't it? Just silly little things, you know, on Twitter that kind of you know people get touched by and, and feel it's a good thing. And, and like I say, we're in it. We're, we're, well, we're supporting an amazing club, and and they wanted to do their little bit, and and they have done. So uh, fair play to them. We do. Thank you. Cheers, Danny. Thanks for coming on and tell us about that. And thank you for right. you know using your your wide range of contact in the club to make sure that this idea was sort of forward and everyone knew no, about it. So it wasn't even that. It was just a, a quick phone call. A quick phone call. The club got on the back of it and 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 obviously tomorrow you know it'll go ahead and it'll be an amazing tribute. And uh, yeah, red and black. If the Blues are listening on the way to Fulham, I'll be I'll be having me uh, me retro city shirt on tomorrow. I hope they do the same. Let's wear red and black. Let's get the scarves um, held high and, and and sing our hearts out and hopefully bring home the three points. Cheers, mate. See Cheers, you soon. Dan. See you next week. Cheers, Cheers, mate. See you, mate. Bye. Right, I want to talk about transfers because obviously with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer signing a three-year deal at Manchester United, he's going to have to have his eye on some players. We've been asking the people listening into the Manchester Football Social this evening to send in two players. They have to be realistic. You can't just pick Messi or Ronaldo. Niall, um, do we need to say, first of all, because my Twitter's already been blowing up with people going, you don't need to worry about who you're going to be signing because you're going to get a transfer ban. I've yeah, seen that. Let's, let's ignore that because that gets messy if we find that. <laughs> I, did, I didn't David start that. We, we, we genuinely haven't got the time tonight to do that. So Basically, we'll do that banned, so weekend. we'll move on to Manchester so, United. Thanks for no, contributing, Adam. Uh, let's just give a little bit of context as to why we're doing this. So today, um, rumour has it that Gundogan's stalled talks on his contract extension. Obviously, it runs out um, is it next year, I think. 2020. So, yeah. But there are now talks that he'll move away in this one, which I'm pretty disappointed about. And Nicholas Otamendi will also... Um, not turn down a transfer away if it guarantees him regular first-team football, and fair enough. So City's priorities maybe have changed. Obviously, we needed a midfielder, and whether we still do, and now apparently it going after a centre-half. But we'll get on to City in a minute, Dave, because uh, you're fighting for yourself over there. Let's get your two uh, transfers, dream transfers this summer. It's a difficult one. Be realistic. I think there's uh, with United, there's a lot of different things that could happen, as we, we spoke about. Um, I've been watching two Portuguese lads this this week. Joel Felix, who plays for Benfica, a mm. sensational 19-year-old. Um, in terms of uh, what he's doing, he plays as almost a second striker off off the main guy in uh, Severovic. And since uh, the new manager's come in, um, large, he's, he's scored uh, so many goals from that position. He's a fantastic footballer. He would be great if United need another attacker. Also, uh, Bruno Fernandes, another player that's been linked with the club. Again, brilliant footballer, a hybrid of a player, a little bit like Bernardo Silva, but he's a goal scorer. Um, he's going to push Frank Lampard's record in terms of most goals from midfield in Europe to a very close position. He's on 24 goals. Lampard's record is on 27. He's currently this on the same as Steven Gerrard's record season and Yaya Torre's record season, so could add some good goals to Man United's midfield. So those two would be fantastic if they were signed for Portugal. 
in good company. Niall, because you are on no. both sides of the fence tonight... Um, I get to pick four. You pick four, so <laughs> go on. Give us United, United ones first. Okay, I'm, I'm going with... I still think, even though, like Dave said earlier, Lindelof's come on leaps and bounds. I don't think is as bad a defender as some people make out. I still think they need a bit more steel at the back, a bit of reinforcements, uh, or a player to come in um, uh, and allow sort of some of those players to maybe go out and, and improve themselves. I'm going for Skriniar for Manchester United. Uh, I think he's I think he's a really good player, um, and I'm surprised no one's snapped him up. He had a he had a decent I think was he he had a decent World Cup didn't yeah. he really? So I'm surprised no one snapped him up there. And my other op- option I think um, Paul Pogba's obviously been a bit of a revelation under under Solskjaer since Mourinho kind of left. The shackles came off. I'm going for Verratti. Because I think <laughs> I, I think he can in uh, your dreams. Unfortunately, now PSG are never going to let any of their stars go this hey, summer. Unfortunately. Listen, Listen, it's not Messi or Ronaldo, so I'm going <laughs> for Verratti. I'm going for Verratti. I think if you know, we're talking fantasy here, but I mean Verratti, I think would be a an astute capture for Manchester United. I just think the way they have a relationship, obviously, yeah, um, Pogba and Verratti, and I just think the way that Verratti plays might free up Pogba. A I just bit don't more. think he's hit the levels where he should be. I think he's failed in the Champions League for the last three or four seasons with PSG. I think he's not as good as what people think. I think he's made a mistake going to Paris. I think he should have stayed in Italy. I think he should have evolved himself in a slower league and then hit the top level at Juve right now. Verratti could be playing defensive midfield, but he's not. Let's clip that out just in case United ever sign Verratti. Just let's keep that one just in the bank, just in case. Um, I think he's decent. Dave doesn't. What about you... um, (laughs) So Manchester City, City. City players. Okay, let's go. Um, obvious one because everyone's talking about him. Uh, Tangai and Domble from Leon, good, mm. powerful central midfield player, could be a replacement for Fernandinho. So I've gone for him, and uh, I've gone for Jordi Alba. Interesting, left back, yeah. very experienced, mm. experienced left back. If there's an issue with Zinchenko's been great by the way this season, I think but, in that position, but. Uh, Mendy, we know he's injury prone. Um, there's talks around Chilwell possibly coming into Manchester City, um, and I know that would be a cheaper option. And then Pep obviously and, uh, likes to look after uh, the pennies a little bit. They don't they don't splash the cash too much, Manchester City, in terms of one off spends in in terms of a transfer fee. But Jordi Alba for me, I just think he's an experienced fullback, and I think he could be could be the medicine that Manchester City's left side needs at, at the back. So that'd be my two and Dombele and Alba. No. Interesting. So I'm also going for left back and a Fernandinho replacement. Ooh. And you said it, I am going for, for Ben Chilwell. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that he's 22. Um, I like the fact that he's English. You know, that is important to have um, English players in there <laughs> as well. Fishing and all that, you're um, not going to keep that going, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and you know, he's, he's looked solid. He's looked solid for Leicester. And I do think, we talked about Mendy earlier in the show, I do think that um, ideally Mendy would be our first you know, first team left back that would play mm-hmm. consistently, but we've just not seen that from him yet. And I just don't feel like we can go into next season relying on the fact that Mendy's going to play every game. So I'd like to see us sign Chilwell. And then in terms of a Fernandinho replacement, and every time I talk about Fernandinho, I have to say with a caveat, I hope he stays with the club for forever and, is, and manages to play until he's like 45 at the level that he has because cropped, he's though. so Ooh. important to us. He's like our number one key player. Um, and I've said it on this show before, and I'm sticking with Ruben Nevis from Wolves. Um, I'm surprised that Dave didn't go. The price tag is looking ridiculous. If they are, if they, if they genuinely are quoting him at over Has 100 Scott million McTominay pounds, ever thundered a volley in from about? Has Ruben never yards? done it away in Paris and been one of the best players <laughs> on the pitch in a historic comeback from a two 0 home deficit? No, didn't think so. Scott McTominay, so, 
the man of the moment. While while Dave's dining out still on that PSG game, um, <laughs> I see the hot air coming out of Dave's ears. Yeah. <laughs> you guys beating in the Champions League this season? Oh, here we go. You can only beat what's in front of you, Dave. You need you you guys really need to like get over our draws this so, season. Like, uh, right, right, we've got to be quick. Let's say, we've got to be quick. Two more players. I'm going for Delit at centre half, even though everyone is going to be going after him in summer. Uh, fantastic for Ajax and for the Netherlands. One of the best young centre halves in the world. And I want Aaron Wambisaka to be our new right back to take over the reins from Kyle Walker when he inevitably has to. Uh, How many times? Well, sounds Delit good. Is going to Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. good. Thank Thanks. you. So that's who we think. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. As always, if you're not listening on the podcast, uh, do get in there, subscribe to us. Um, and if you are, thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you soon. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Thanks for listening to the Manchester Football Social, of course. Make sure to like the podcast, drop us a little rating and a review because it's been fantastic and Scott McTominay is the best thing. (laughs) He's still going. He's still still going. Right, so loads of people got in touch on the MCR Footy Social Twitter page about their dream transfer so I reckon we should look through some of them and maybe run the rule over them does that got, sound good yeah, to you we guys yeah we've got loads on uh, the Blue and loads, as well. loads on Blue and I can Rising. just you know cancel all the, the, the rumours for you if you want there's some some interesting send me, send me up one. go on Thomas Partey Thomas Partey to um, to City that one oh, you see that's actually one where I probably think would be a really good move for both City and Atletico they want to probably get rid of one midfielder this season they don't want to leave, lose Coke. they don't want to lose Saul Saw that that rumor that popped up after I mean, he signed like I a got, nine year deal. Like, I got very excited, isn't his <laughs> well, release he's just going to quit. Release clause like two hundred million. Yeah, something great. But Let's Thomas Party is a wonderful footballer. Good can play fullback, can play defensive midfield, can play central midfield. Has massively improved on the ball. He'd be a, he'd be the one. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. And, and Dombele came up a lot. Yeah, there's a few here. So Brody on Twitter says Ruben Neves and uh, Matias De Litt. Um Andre isn't happy with the fact we've only given him two. He says make that three to four, as Pep suggested. Um, <laughs> but those weren't the rules. That wasn't the rules, was it? Uh, uh, Simon says we're going to need to sign five to six players for Manchester City due to the impending transfer ban. We'll be yeah, very lucky. Why did you read we get to this in. summer? Uh, David Wilkinson wants Chilwell and Rice. Uh, Saul Nigef says uh, citizen fellas on Twitter there's absolutely loads but most people going for left back which is obviously a problem area for Manchester City even though mm. the people that have played mm. there have been pretty decent mm, I'm not sure about Ben Chilwell I don't think they'll Why? like him going forward Why don't you like Chilwell? He's dead basic on the ball uh, Can you tell us I don't about... think he's good enough for, you know he's not a Mendy Solid not... backup though But this will be the problem if Mendy isn't and fit we... then he'll play like that uh, he was saying yeah. he'll play every week and yeah. Better than like, Delft He's not a bad though. player but he's not a player that you like He's going to do something. I think City need players that can do things. Who's another left back? Grimaldo is one that um, a very, Phil, I, you know. I go Grimaldo over over him over Ben. Hundred percent of the time, he's a he's a wonderful player. And every team, every time I've seen him, I've been impressed by him. Yeah, and he's got a screamer, didn't he? In the uh, he's just a better player. What would we be looking thing. at? Do you think though? I think Chilwell ticks a lot more boxes in an exercise, which will be he's an English player mm. by all accounts, a lot cheaper than you'd imagine. This yeah. is where the model breaks mil. down. Like, why it spend does. so much on that when you've got such a good youth academy? I think what, this is the thing. Like, you've got surely I, you should fix some of these problems this left, with youth. Is, that, well, this, is this, that all of those youth players they signed illegally? Dave? This, the, oh, yeah. sorry, yeah, that's why Whoa. they're getting allegedly, a transfer. Well, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> um, well, the, 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 the was it eight international players <laughs> signed. Careful, careful. The other thing is um, uh, Zinchenko <laughs> obviously has been a revelation at left back. But let's let's be brutally honest. He played for the he played for the Ukraine over the national break as a central midfielder. 
and was brilliant by all accounts. So I mean, he, we're, yeah, we're still, he's naturally not. I think we need to do a we need to do a Zinchenko section on this show and just talk about him in general, about how great he's been and also where his future plays rap and talk about where his future lies in what position. That let's try and remember that for the next. Let's let's remember that. But I think we need to sign a player in the hope that Mendy's going to be the number one and will stay fit. Because the the issue we could get into is we could have a fully fit Mendy for the season and a fully fit, say, Grimaldo Chilwell. So, so there's the problem. But then this is that this is this again goes back Zinchenko to what I was is, talking about. You have a youth player that comes in, against experience that can be there as a backup. So the issue City have it's now is either you have Mendy and you sell Mendy and then you buy another left back, or like it breaks down. But Zinchenko like, is if, if Grimaldo is doesn't play football for a season, that's him done. Yeah. That's okay. happened so, to the likes of Fabian Delph yeah. at City. Not done. Finished. Quite true. So at, you know, at the same though, time, he's not he's not the same player that he was at Villa. Like he was a better player. At yeah, Villa. but he moved to Manchester City and won two league titles. I don't. I think if but, you'd but have asked that, him that's five what, years But then ago. now you're and in he's a position. A lot of games. But the issue now you've got is that Mendy isn't fit. Yeah, but and if, that's the problem. So it, you need a player to come in and play a certain time, but then when he comes fit, he goes out. Like what left back in so Zinchenko? Like Hordy Alba isn't going to take that no. role. Zinchenko, no good could left be the back answer. is going to deal with that. But then Zinchenko got completely done when he plays direct players. Knockart destroyed him for Brighton, I'd say, I'd and that's a problem. Hazard, but then Hazard's a different player because Hazard's coming inside. Or Zinchenko wanted to come inside. The the players that cause him problems go on the outside. Okay. And that's it. What about yeah. United then? Because we know, like you're saying, integrating youth. Solskjaer is going to try and bring some young players through. We've seen Greenwood on the bench. We've seen Chong. Who's who's next? Who's the next Marcus Rashford in terms but of the breakthrough? I think those the are the guys. There's four guys there that he's, that he's played. If you have to pick one, though. Out of pick, those guys? Yeah. I, yeah, I like Chong. I think Chong's a really good player. But then you could also put someone like a Diogo Delo in that bracket. Like he's still a young player. He's very good. Like Diogo Delo is the talent out of that those I'll, five I'll players. That. If we're going to do that, was he always that good? Yeah, is Mourinho Diogo, not Diogo, using him right. Diogo Delo was was. Hang was on, why unbelievable. are we sending Diogo Delo came through the academy? He signed him for twenty five million quid last year. Well, wait, he said which young player was the most oh, excited? About, sorry, right? I thought it was. Oh, yeah, we're going to do academy in, stuff. Angel Gomez. That's what it was. Yeah, throw him out there, Mason Greenwoods. No, I <laughs> really like Delo. I really, I think he's. He looks very good. I think United's issue at the minute is... You, See, Diogo Dalot would be perfect for City. Yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, would. he'd be perfect He actually City. would, and that's quite frustrating. But that's why Wan-Bissaka is my, will be my main Again, Wan-Bissaka is a, is, a, is a strange Not player. Not picked for England, though. What is going on I can't on there? get that. Because yeah, we've got so many yeah, right-backs. got backs. a lot of quality right-back. The, the weird thing with him is he dives in so much. But he wins the ball. And it's weird. We've got Kyle Walker, who dives in so much... And often doesn't win the ball, so <laughs> I, Dave's blocking out. I, the haters. Yeah, blocking out the haters. I wish we could <laughs> see this. Dave yeah, just switched a pair of sunglasses on. He's his dark head. out now. Dave. No, he's dark I, outside. Uh, you, we all know United need a centre half. They need a midfielder, and we will get into that in another show. Otherwise, this podcast yeah. will be yeah. Uh, yeah. Fe- and I'm going. Um, I'm going out for a meal with my friends. Oh, and better get on then. Well, we better carry on talking. Say thank you. First up, FC Twenty. FC Twenty. No, we'll leave you to it. Anyway, um, yeah. Thanks for downloading the uh, Alexander Zinchenko podcast. Uh, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, this has been the Manchester Football Social. Thanks for downloading the show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, thanks to Statman Day. Thanks to Adam Keyworth. Uh, thanks to Natalie. And thanks to you, Nell. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. <laughs> Joe, Cheers, guys. Joe's out now. Joe's gone. Have I replaced him? I've kicked him out. Sorry, Joe. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.